Lepertina, Ruthless Dame also wider out. Ruthless Dame, another award steaming late. Ruthless Dame in front, another award. If the three-year-old filly, Ruthless Dame in the Sangster. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got no one in studio with me. Walt's called in sick. He's got the sniffle. I'm uh, battling as well. I've got the uh, the Gold Coast flu or the virus is just running rampant up here in the uh, the Sunshine State. It's beautiful weather. But uh, DK and Nico join me from the Melbourne studio. How are you, boys? Well, be a bit more cheerful show without Walt here, won't it? <laughs> and everyone says, I can rant, but geez, Walt, he's, he's miserable every time he comes in. The game's gone, completely gone every week. So, no, we'll be a bit more upbeat this week, Nico. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we've got a big show coming up, big weekend as well with uh, Group 1 Racing, the stream. So, uh, yeah, plenty of form to be done. And uh, hopefully we can just uh, keep chipping away, find a few winners, DK. Mm, that's, the, that's, that's what we want to do on Saturday. Well, uh, it's going to be a big show, so we'll bounce straight into it. And uh, we'll introduce and welcome Kingsley Bartholomew from the Wolf Den, founder of Wolf Den and uh, notorious uh, Sydney professional punter to Bet Doctor for the first time. Welcome, Kingsley. Thanks, good. Hi, boys. You, you've been barting too hard. Hey, Kings. Everyone's got the sniffles. What's going on? Definitely, <laughs> definitely not, mate. It's just the uh, that's the dollar I one chance I'll do. Daycare sure. germs. It's uh, if you have kids, you'll know all about it. Just uh, unrelenting. You should have built up your resilience by now, though, Scoot. Come on, like you get it early, and then uh, do you like, like once, once you get crook from the daycare stuff, Nico. Once you get it, you're crook as dogs, and then. Once your body you get the immunity, then you're sweet. So hopefully, I don't have to worry about this for a long time. <laughs> Kings, uh, on a more serious note, um, I guess all the news at the moment in wagering is uh, surrounding Poctax, and I guess Victoria's sort of the last of the Mohicans. They've gone from um, what ten to fifteen percent, and yep. I guess the uh, the tides are rising everywhere. I guess it feels like some of us guys in here. High turnover, low margin uh, punters have been targeted by this or we're the ones feeling the squeeze the most. Um, how's it affected you? Obviously, that's been your model for a long time. How do you react to something like uh, the Vic POC tax increasing and just POC tax increasing across the boards? Yeah, well, as you said, they uh, Vic are the last ones to push it to 15. And uh, it's just another small nail in the coffin, I suppose. But you just got to adapt. You just got to find a way to change your models, which a few bookmakers have in particular top sport, and find a way to overcome it, really. But um, I think this latest rise in particular will affect Betfair. So on Betfair, the liquidity on Victorian racing is a lot higher than New South Wales and Queensland. Uh, but I think they'll obviously have to raise the, uh, the commission limits. So I think we're going to see a reduction there in, in volume on Betfair, which which is a shame. So how does it affect me? My turnover on Betfair in particular will drop, I would think. As far as it affects me in other ways, probably not greatly because I think one thing that uh, one thing that these tax increases have forced the bookmakers to do is become a lot smarter. So they are running their businesses a lot more efficiently than what they used to. So everybody's complaining about increases in taxes, which it has made life for the professional punter a lot harder, which has never been easy, but it has made it hard. But I'll ask you guys, so say they um, re- say they abolish POC tax altogether. Do you think that do you think that the percentage would, would be reduced a lot, the bookies' percentages? Do you think they would change their business models or would it remain the same? Because that's, they've, what they've done is they've become smarter, they've increased their percentage, and now they're all making, not all of them, but they've majority are making 10 to 15 percent on turnover from partners do you think it would change a lot if not the pop tax is going to be abolished but if it was do you think it would change definitely i'll, I'll feel this one first um 
From a convenience point of view, I think Top Fluck and Best of the Best are two products that have clearly um, departed in the last sort of 18 months. Uh, to sit there and fish out prices, like you probably have the luxury to do Kingsley on Betfair and um, that sort of like, I think that's a massive disadvantage for a punter like myself. Um, and if you remove price or products like Top Fluck and Best of the Best, I'm forced to then go, I guess, head-to-head in battle with you. Uh, on Betfair, if I've got a family or if I've got a business or if I'm not tied to the computer or my phone all the time, I'm going to take worse prices because I haven't got access to those two products. So as a direct consequence of the rising taxes, I'd say that Top Sport, if POC tax was abolished, they'd just re-implement um, Top Fluck and Best of the Best. Uh, I agree with you in terms of uh, Top Sport, but take Top Sport out of it because Top Sport are the most the fairest bookmaker that I've ever dealt with. Tristan is the you know the one of a kind really. I've never seen a bookmaker be fairer than what Top Sport are in terms of giving professional punters or every punter the best service in the game. Uh, if you take them out of it and you're dealing with your sports bets, late brokes or your bet makers, do you think they would still be betting the same percentages, the one twenty fives to one thirties, or do you think they would come back to the halcyon days of the one fifteens, one eighteens that we were seeing? sort of pre-octax. I think they tried, DK. I've had a good think about this last week. We are all a bit heated last week after it went up and got a bit, you know, another nail in the coffin sort of thing. But I've sort of settled down and had a good think about it the last week or so. And um, I think yeah, I think Kingsley's right. The main thing for us was the, the effect on Betfair and the increased commission there and how that affects most of us personally. But um, I don't think they would. I think they're, they're driven, they're, they're worried about their bottom line, their profit, um, you know, and their recreational punters. And, no, I think uh, now they're used to it. They're used to the 130. Damn. And even even when it does get wound down, it's only now they'll just sit there and it's only in the last two minutes. So it's not really – the SPs are a bit skewed and things like that. Um, you know, it's not like the SPs sitting there for five minutes you can have a go at. It's just it's a, it's, they're, they're winding them out later and later and later. And um, I think they've got – that's that's their method into – that's the 2023 method of the of the main WSPs, you know, and I, don't, I can't see them winding that back. What do you, Nico? Yeah, I probably agree. To be honest, they've they've found their little spot, haven't they? It's a nice, comfy spot for them. Why would they sort of get out of it if it was to change? It's not going to change. But um, yeah, for the sake of argument's sake, I'm probably similar to your boys' uh, views there. Yeah, because they love. I mean, they had one thirty and that, and they get the sharps knocking off. You know, bet the tab who go up first and knock it into line. I mean, they hate they hate sharps getting through them early. They they hate that. You know, so they've sort of nearly ironed that ironed that out of their game, which they'd be happy with. And now they. You know, push it out late no, for, the, for the wrecks and, and that's it. Well, that's the thing with the early prices. You you just have a tab account and you knock that into line and then everyone just follows suit anyway. So it's just yeah. the blokes that can get on with the tab anyway that do it. And you sort of see, you know, like White Marlin, he went up 350 now, he's 220 everywhere. You know, yeah. I would that, imagine only the ten, tab punters that got that. Ten years ago, that was us doing all that. Yeah. Right? That was us. That was pretty, there was early doors. You know, that was me and other guys getting in first and getting a good bet on. You know, times have changed 10 years later, you know. And that was our game early market and getting those spoils and doing your markets and everything like that. The whole thing's changed and the bookies have changed as well. I'm hearing that uh, there's a fair few or there's at least um, maybe two or three of the Betmaker-style bookmakers that are under the pump, if not on the brink of collapse and likely to happen over the next couple of months. What do you think about that, Kingsley? I think it's we're going to see more of it. We're going to see more amalgamations between bookies. I think we're going to see a lot of the smaller operators dropping out. Uh, it's going to be really hard. And that's, I think, where the problem really lies. I think the best taxation systems are ones where everybody can flourish. 
I think the Betfair needs to flourish. I think small bookies need to flourish. I think on course to a lesser degree because they a lot of them have gone online now, so let's leave them out. But they need to flourish the smaller bookies. I think a bookie like Top Sport who wants to offer the professional punter the best service in town, I think they need to flourish. So as does Sportsbet, the big guy, Sportsbet, Ladrogue. So you just need to find that balance there, which we don't have at the moment where everybody's getting a piece of the pie. I think we've gone and pushed it a little bit too far in terms of the taxation rates where the small bookies are really going to struggle. Uh, professional punters, well, there's not that many professional punters left now, but professional punters are going to struggle. But there are 4 million, 4 million recreational punters in Australia that bet at horse racing. There's probably, I don't know how many, a couple of hundred maybe people who try and make do it for a living and make money uh, betting professionally or semi-professionally. So... The professional punter, in a way, doesn't really have a voice or have a lot of stake in the game because they're not contributing that much. But the recreational punter is one thing that we all have in common. The recreational punter has to keep engaged in the game, has to keep betting in the game. Professionals need recreational punters. Bookmakers need recreational punters. The whole game needs recreational punters to still be invested and still have, you know, a love for the game. And I. That, I think that's where the real danger lies in this tax increase because re- recreational punters are now losing, it, let's say, 20% on turnover. You go to a casino, you lose it 2 or 3%. You bet on rugby league at the line, you're going to lose it at 5%. 20% is a big rate to be losing, and recreational punters are not silly. They know when they're not getting you know, bang for their buck. They're out by race, they go to the tab we thought, or bet online with 200 bucks, they're out by race two or three, whereas that $200 used to, used to last to race eight. So they're not getting enjoyment now, and that's where the real, if I was a PRA, that's where I'd be most concerned about. It's good. funny you say 20% because Walt, Walt is likening it now to a poker machine mentality, and that's poker machine-like takeouts. Dang. You know, 20% of the dollar, 20% in your dollar, and just churn through it. So um, um, just just Kings Royal, I got you there. Just um, I mean, with, the, with this, we reacted to the going from 10 to 15 and I've like there is already jurisdictions at twenty percent. There's Queensland, and I read something that in in predictive um, prices for the new wagering license, uh, what's included in that is an anticipation that the pop tax will at some stage go to twenty percent. And so so we don't overreact or create, go go off our heads again when it's gone goes from fifteen to twenty. You you bet on Queensland. Is, are you seeing any major differences like between states that have? 15 or 10 to 15, apart from the Betfair commissions and things like that. As if, so have you changed your business in Queensland or anything? Or? No, I just run it the same throughout Australia. I don't. It comes back to my original point. I don't think that they will change, bookies won't change their model if they come back to 10 or 5 or 10 or 15 or 20. If it keeps going high, they will increase their percentage. But I think because they, they, don't, they know how to run their businesses now and they do it so efficiently and in such a smart manner, they'll increase across the board. I don't think that they would bet, the majority of bookies would be betting a higher percentage in Queensland or a little bit less here and there. Might be, you know, 1% here or there, but I don't, I don't think so. But as far as my business goes, I treat every, every state the same. Do you think, Kings, you've got a bit of an advantage or a big advantage over a younger player entering the game? You've obviously got an established bankroll. You've got deeper pockets. You can have, I guess, less less bets, more on them, especially that the minimum bet laws are positioned the way they are now. 
you can take less risks with your bankroll than um, I guess the aspiring punters. And I think that's where my sort of point comes into it. Like if, you know, blokes like me look up to, you know, the Kingsleys, the the DKs, the Mark Hunters, the John Walters, my concern is if guys like DK, Mark Hunter or um, John Walter start to feel the pinch and they can't win at the game, I think um, the next generation of punters, how do they come through and who becomes the next sort of Kingsley Bartholomew uh, down the line if it's so hard at the moment to sort of get that bankroll to that that higher level? Or do you think it's easy? Uh, it's never been easy to grow your bankroll at the moment. I, I think it's always been hard. I've been punching for 25 years now and it's always been hard. It's never – when I started, there was no top flucker. There was no best of the best. There was no best toad. If we wanted to have a tote bet, you went up to the window and had it. There was no commission. I think punters, it's just changing markets and you have to adapt to them. I think there is huge opportunity for young punters to come through and make money in today's market. If we wanted to have a bet back then on, on Monday or a Tuesday, we had to get on a light plane and fly, fly to the trap. Where now you've got markets from the day before, from 9 a.m. Uh, there's a lot more opportunities, a lot more races to choose from. There's a lot more uh access to free data or databases nowadays uh these kids coming through have knowledge on ai that i have and i've tried to sort of get my head around so my main advantage is experience with bankroll and how to manage bookmakers and that sort of thing but as far as people coming through i think there's as much opportunity now as there's ever been it's always been hard funding funding's not easy and it's a mental battle as much as anything but I'm always positive about what things are. I don't get too caught up in the negative of increased percentages. I just, I think you have to adapt. I think the majority of punters fail for two reasons. One, they can't handle the mental torture that it puts us through day in, day out. <laughs> and two, they don't adapt to market changes, increasing percentages or whatever it may be. On-course bookies going to online or uh, or certain, you know, different things where markets are changing all the time. So. You've got to update your models all the time as well. You've got to look at new data that's coming through and see if you, yes, we've had an increase in taxes of 2%. How can I make my form better rather than complaining about the increase in taxes? How can I lift myself and increase my model by 2% to sort of counteract that? Definitely a fair point. Speaking of um, changing models, I've got a couple of graphics I'm going to put up on screen and these some some figures uh, year on year, turnover stats from Top Sport. Uh, they've been forced to change their model. And you can see here that New South Wales, they're doing 63% of their turnover in 2022 compared to 2021, 44% in Vic and then Queensland 70%. So these these are all just reactions to the different um, taxing uh, arrangements. Race fields has dropped down to 68%, but uh, POC tax has gone up uh, 151 in 2022. And Tristan informs me that that's uh, due to some sports results. So I think uh, what they're raking from, say, an NBA game, uh, the profits there have been poured into tax. And then if you flick over to the year on year figures in spring, so this is later in the year, they're only doing 55% of their New South Wales turnover, Victoria 47 and 63 in Queensland. And again, race fields looks like it's pretty low, 60%, and uh, POC is still holding its own. And um, a direct quote that he uh, gave me to, to sort of attribute to those stats, he said, the last two financial years, they've made more money gross than any other year, but they've had their worst two years of net results. So the punters are losing more and the majority is going to taxes. So punters are directly funding the industry. 
Any thoughts on what you've seen there, Kingsley, just off the top of your head? But um, as you sort of already touched on it before with them having to change their model and they've obviously accommodated and they're dealing with all that hot money. Is the tiered approach to taxation the uh, the silver bullet for someone like Top Sport? I think it is. I think they need to, as I said, it needs this game needs to accommodate everyone. And Top Sport are a bit of a one-off where they want to take on professional punters. They want to hold money. They want a bit low margin. They, Tristan's a one-off, which is fantastic and a, a real um, credit to the industry. And he's had to change his business model, which, which you know, isn't great for professional punters, but the PRAs look at top sport and they sort of don't care about them that much because they're only bringing in X amount of turnover. They're, they're one, if, if everybody had, had that business model, then it would be different. But uh, yeah, there's, I mean, they should be accommodated. They should, there should be rewards for betting low power percentages. You should pay less tax if you're guaranteed to be betting under 120 on races or something like that, where there can be different taxation structures or different styles of bookmaking, I think. And the Victorian as well, the Victorian model where it's meeting by meeting where you're paying tax on, on, on the profit is just crazy for a bookmaker. Obviously, he has to change his model. He can't be big. You can't, can't take risk of forcing bookmakers to to, you know, bet you 130 and, and try and win on every race and become a poker machine. Is that what they want? It clearly probably is. So I can't see things changing a lot. I think it is what it is and we just sort of got to, which top sport have done and punters have to do the same thing. They just have to adapt to the rules and, and play on. DK, you got any questions for uh, Kingsley? Well, not real. I'll just, uh, just to comment on that. I mean, it's just, just, as we know, it's crazy. I mean, turnover... They're hoping it remains stagnant. I mean, that's that's the best way. They're not looking at turnover growth anymore. They're hoping the modelling I saw. They're hoping it remains stagnant, and that's what they're predicting the tax and the the receipts and things like that from. But for a business to have to reduce turnover, for the smaller bookmakers to have to keep their turnover under a threshold, so they don't grow. Tristan's reducing. I mean, you know, um, professional punters. Some are going to be reducing turnover, of course, because you know can't fire at the high percentages and. Uh, yeah, I think for a game that's trying to build turnover, they've really got to reassess that scenario where, where, where you know, tax on turnover. Do you think that the PRAs don't want a bookmaker like Top Sport betting super competitive markets because it will take away market share and profit from a bookmakers like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes? But does it does it really, though? I think they're a different style of customer. Like, I, I, There's no way I can turn the money over at a, at a place like Sportsbet or Ladbrokes compared to what I used to at Top sport, all all that money that I used to turn over is completely gone. I, I think that they would have the view that the money would be turned over anyway. So if top sports, if top sports uh, turnovers drop by fifty percent, then that money. I'm not saying this happens, but I think this is their view. Then that money would be gone, gone to sports bet or other bookmakers. So the money's being turned over anyway. In the- it's definitely, yeah, that's a weird one. I would have thought that they want um, every type of customer, which you've touched on. And it's interesting, um, a little announcement that we can also uh, talk about is um, Best of the Best is going to be back on for uh, Queensland Group 1 races, which is uh, a good result um, for punters, I guess, like myself, and that's a bet to win $5,000. So it's interesting that it's coming out of Queensland, uh, getting some positive results there. And Well, that's that's a good thing. I'd say we said, mentioned last week, Scoot, whether this is – you know, with Jason Scott coming up there, who's got the big wagering background and things like that. I mean, I think that's that is a positive for Tristan. And you know, if, if Southern PRAs aren't listening to him, it might help him. Maybe Jason Scott and um, the Queensland will get Queensland into gear and 
give give Tristan some light at the end of the tunnel. I think we'll uh, we'll wrap that combo up because we've only uh, got an hour for the show today. But uh, another graphic we'll put on screen is the live stream on Saturday. So uh, if you've been under a rock sleeping or overseas, the live stream this Saturday, we're joining forces with uh, Kingsley's team, the Wolf Den, and we're going to try and take down Top Sport. So we've got over uh, $10,000 in the betting bank. It'll close on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. We'll... Uh, arrange some of our best bets with some staking around it and then figure out what the final bank is and we'll bet with uh, a certain level of confidence and see how the day sort of unfolds. But um, hopefully we can agree on uh, a certain amount of bets and hopefully the guys can find one, two or three or up to sort of five bets. We might have to put the stallion chain on you, Kings, only having uh, (laughs) submitting sort of three or five bets for the day. It'll be tough. There's a few of us in there, though. (laughs) We've got Dan O, we've got Matt Taylor, we've got the Fizzer, who's probably the best judge in the room. So we're all ready to go. Richie will be there. So there's there's going to be plenty of action, that's for sure. What price would you have us to knock over Top Sport given the lineup of talent? There's 11 pretty sharp punters there. I'd have us about $1.20. I'm very confident going in. Outstanding. All right. I, uh, I'd, I'd say that uh, we nearly have to give up if we can't beat them on, uh, on Saturday. So um, best of luck over uh, on the Battle of the Punt, I guess, for the, uh, until we get another rise in the Poctax arena. But uh, I think you've definitely um, left a couple of pearls of wisdom and yeah, I think you need to keep improving your game. But uh, again, I think uh, maybe some tiered taxation changes and uh, as DK and yourself have touched upon, uh, maybe the PRAs need to go back to the drawing board to see how they can get everyone back in the game and get the turnover cranking. But uh, fingers crossed we can turn over some cash this Saturday in the live stream. Thanks, Kings. Thanks, boys. And Kings. All right, that was Kingsley Bartholomew from Wolfdan. So uh, we appreciate their time and can't wait to join forces with them on Saturday. Uh, if you need a bit of a giggle, make sure you check out the Comics Lounge in North Melbourne. They're one of our sponsors in Errol Street. They've just had a comedy festival, but the show rolls on for them 365 days of the year. Got a big uh, show today. We've got uh, Anthony Don previewing the uh, the Doom 10,000 meeting. Looks a bit tricky. Hopefully he's got some roughies for us. He might have an early bet at Scone on Friday. That's his wheelhouse. Well, as I said before, uh, Walt's got a virus. He's got a bit of a sniffle, but uh, I'm going to step in and uh, preview the Scone Cup. And he's got uh, a bit of a moral on Saturday. Nico, you got Flemington on Saturday. You got the Andrew Ramson, the straight six day. Azza, I think he's uh, OS, but uh, he's going to dial in as if he could have a day off after tipping Ruthless Dame last week at sixteen or seventeen dollars. Top Sport Steamers finally hit the board. Al Abir, uh, I think it was twenty five hundred at three thirty. So finally, the early money at uh, Top Sport hits. I think they got two strong bets this week. As I said, Top Sport are offering uh, best of the best on all Queensland Group 1 races, so make sure you get behind it. Have a big swing uh, on their product there. Odds to win 5,000. And if you haven't got a Top Sport account, this is a perfect weekend to try it. Jump into the stream with us and uh, you can sit alongside Kingsley, uh, DK and me and Nico and you can uh, bet with us all day. So it's going to be an absolute uh, epic 11.30 till about 5 o'clock in the afternoon on YouTube and it's the same process to join. So you just need top sport account for, uh, I guess, the legal requirement. And uh, as Kingsley said, they're the fairest bookie and that's obviously why we've partnered with them. And uh, legally, we need to bet with someone. We can't spread the money around to all bookies and we appreciate their support on the show. Feels like I've been talking for a while and uh, might steer over to uh, Azza and welcome him back to the show. Ruthless Dame. Wow. Too strong. Yeah, thanks, boys. Yeah, it was good. I think... uh it panned out well for her coming down the middle there. And unfortunately we were, uh, on set she dances and seven veils as well. And, uh, she dances started about the price we set about $2.70 and Linda couldn't get it over the line. Kieran too good. 
Seven Vales flying for third. So uh, nearly clean swept it, but um, yeah, it was a good day. But hopefully we can back it up this way. I might have to borrow a, uh, a Froggy Newitt shirt. All right, Morfittville uh, Race 7, SA Derby. Let's have a quick look at the market here. She's fit $5 favourite. That's a surprise for me. Loco DK's horse. Pre-post flux are interesting here. 11 into 5.50, zero uh, similar. 11 into 6.50, promises kept 6.50. Uh, Dunkel is back, $10. Aberfeldy Boy, 8 out to 11. Red Sun Sensation, one of Nico's, $13. High Approach, 15, 80 grand, 26. Got to be savvy, 31. Bengal Boy, 34. And then you got horses like Northern Barrage, $34. Dunn Woody, DK's horse, $51. And you can get much better the rest. The replay that we're going to have a look at here is Promises Kept back at uh, Bendigo in the uh, the green colours. Probably a, a substandard race, but you know, worked hard the first 600 metres to sit OSL. Um, love how it sprinted away here and, and really accelerated the foot to be the four of the two. Um, as I said, the, the field is a lot weaker than this, but love how he put them away. Uh, I think it's important to note racing in the Greg Urell colours here. Um, a bunch of new owners have obviously purchased it with a view of it's a Caulfield Cup horse. Um, so it's been with in Kieran's system for six weeks. Uh, but I'm very good authority that it's improved out of sight um, since changing stables. Uh, I think this is a, a very, very promising horse. Zara's been riding an all his track work and um, he's sticking with it here instead of Jay Allen because it has he has been riding at his work. Um, look, this is a, probably the strongest South Australian derby I've, I've seen, to be honest, it has come up stronger than, than I thought it would. Um, I'm against that, uh, red sun sensation weight, uh, race. I'm, I'm looking away from that form, um, hard against the favorite here. Uh, very, very keen on this promises kept. I think it's, um, just a horse on the way up. And as I said, I, I know it's taken huge improvement. Um, uh, it's going to be up on speed and I think it's going to be strong. Um, at the end of the 2,500, and I want to be on it. Um, I've backed it to So a significant amount. Yeah, let's have a look at the uh, the replay of She's Fit. You're, um, you're thinking the Phillies, the danger here in the Cerise. Yeah, I mean, she drew 16 in this Group 1. I mean, probably a weak Group 1, the Australasian Oaks, but they decided to go back and take their medicine. Um, I don't think you could have ridden any better, Williams, and she's coming back um, down the middle of the year, as you said, in the Cerise, and... Um, I was against her this day, but she really surprised me. I thought she absolutely savage a line looking like the 2400 in a couple of weeks was going to suit. She was back from 2400 this day as well. Interesting. Um, flying C Parnham over for this as well. Top, top jockey, um, has ridden her in a lot of her wins in, in WA. And, um, yeah, I think she's a danger. As I said, I want to be on promises kept, um, each way around those seven, eight bucks, um, I want to be unloading on it each way. I've backed it with a lot of confidence. I think she fits the main danger if he wants to chop out anything. Uh, so I think C0 goes um, Froggy knew it to Opie Bossom. That's a triple tick, but it's got 20. So um, it's going to be a very tough task. Aberfeldy boy, I just thought it was a, it, it's one short here in Queensland Derby's a day for it. And as I said, I'm against the, the Loco and Red Sensations. Um, strong race. Um, but heavily involved promises kept each way. DK, Nico? Yeah, I suppose you just got to figure out what you want to do with the the traditional lead-up, uh, the chairmans, given how fast they went in that race mm. and sort of what they have left in the tank. You know, Cezeros had, um, you know, been to 2,400, come back to 2,000 and out of that strong run race. Loco, who got the blinkers on there, um, had a real searching gallop and now he's, you know, deep into his first campaign. 
I would have thought Red Sun Sensation may be the horse out of them, given just where he's in his stage of prep and how he hit the line. Um, but yeah, tricky, tricky. I think Loco's the best horse in the race. I just don't know if he's uh, the best setup on Saturday, given the race he comes out of. I was kind of with She's Fit. I thought that was a really good run last start out of the, out of the SA Oaks. Uh, she's a filly that, you know, over 2,400. That's what we saw the best of her in Perth. So um, yeah, I thought she could probably be. One that really hits the frame. I can understand the love for promises kept. I just, I don't know about him. I think he's going to have to improve under my Eustace if they're saying yeah, he, he has. He still doesn't know what he's doing. That's yeah. that's the thing that horse. I mean, he, remember him at, when he won at Sale? He just he was he went at side angles and even he left hand blinker on. At sale, yeah, and he nearly it? like he was closer to the rail at Bendigo, but he still was all over the joint, you know. And mate, you can do that in maidens and like I said, lesser quality. Whether you can do this is a strong addition, but uh, no, Aussie, Aussie couldn't couldn't wait to come up and tell me, oh, I bought, I bought one, bought up promises kept, and told me how much he paid for it, and I said, oh, it's a nice horse. So um, yeah, no, it's, I think it goes here, it might go to Queensland, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, no promises kept. Aussie, another one, another one with the for the Aussie team. This is your sort of race, DK. Yeah, well, yeah, but I that that's um, I th- I thought cheese, I I like cheese fit as well. Like I'm wearing what so zero. I'm, I'm saying no. I'm saying loco. Again, all the reasons Nico said. Deep first rep does a bit wrong as well. Over raced. Um, outlier here. One of my one of my was going bad. What do you think of Dunkel, Nico? Like he he might he might do something here. Like um. Yeah, well, he, he did was, you get a price to find out too? He was a bit of the smoky because that Cesaro race that he ran in the Alistair Clark, by the time the wind changed on that day, you just couldn't make any ground at Mooney Valley. Like they're all out the back and just really struggled to run on. He was as good a run as high approach in that Mooney Valley race who come out and ran well in the, the derby after that. So you can definitely tie his form in. He was the second fastest last 200 metres of the race. So um, probably a bit unconventional having nearly 60 days off between runs, but he had a lot of residual fitness and he's – He's a bit of a winner. You know, he just finds the line. Yeah, yeah he just so. keeps lifting his speed and finding the line. I remember all the way along, he sort of said he was SA Derby, didn't he? And he's, you know, he still he does a bit wrong and gets out the back. But again, he wants something who's going to do something right. And I'd love to see him in a real fast run race. Like that race he won at Mooney Valley was quick run, the maiden. Oh, Ever since right. then, he's been in these barrier trial speed yeah. races. He gets in a real fast run race, which you could hear with dumb Woody setting up the tempo. They're not going to go slow on him. Um, and it's typically a fast run race, the SA Derby. I think that would really... That could really suit him. Um, he could just find something, you know, up, upwards of a new level in that sort of race shape. But yeah, tricky race. Thought she's fit. She probably deserves to be favourite. But outside of her, you know, Loco's got talent. Duncal's got talent. Red Sun Sensation's got talent. It's just where they're, yeah, exactly, where they're all at. Where really, all at. yeah. yeah. I think she, she's probably the most reliable. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think all the points she makes, but on Duncal could be the one where you, it wins and you scratch your head at the end of it going, oh, I'll let, I'll let that get under my guard. I, I thought the other roughie was one you touched on there, Nico, was his high approach. Joe Allen, Derby King, it's run in the AJC Derby was extraordinary if you go back and look at that. Um, wh- what's going on, DK? Do you know what's going on? There's a couple of, I've noticed at least two Archie Alexander horses have gone to Dan O'Sullivan. Do you know what's going on there? Yeah, he's got he got six weeks for a swab. Oh, um, one of the staff, it wasn't his, they've, he only got six weeks as a, it was cross-contamination with the staff, so all the horses are going to – I think he did a deal with Dan O'Sullivan for six weeks. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. The only uh, horse that I want to just shine a light on is probably Aberfeldy Boy. I I take note of what uh, As is saying in terms of the Queensland Derby, but they might have just kept this horse a little bit fresh to keep the ping in his legs. Go back and have a look if you want to go into some deep form. Go have a look at his run in the Geelong Classic. It was an absolute belter held up, and he was only sort of getting hot late in the uh, 
the derby behind Manzois. He had no idea what he was doing, the horse. I think Ben Mellon was on it. He started on the fence and he veered off to about 10 or 11. He was just like a big baby that time. And I think I've heard the stable say that he was a bit raw and new and green and all that sort of thing. So I can't believe the price. And I sort of, if I had more time and a printer at home, I would have had a uh, I Love uh, Craig Newitt shirt on this week. So nothing personal uh, ever. It's just uh, how the tactics sort of unfold. But I think if uh, Froggy turns up with his head screwed on, he's ridden this horse every start. I can't believe that Aberfeldy boy is uh, $11. This horse looks um, like he'll absolutely eat 2500 And uh, he's a horse that's going to be steaming home the top. And I don't know. Griffiths de Koch, I think they've sort of turned the corner. I think you said it a while ago, DK. I'm happy to back him in. And stays, like I said, they had one the other day. What was he going there to a grey horse the other night? And he goes 1,600 to 2,500, no problems, you know. So I think they do, they get the, well, whether that's the Decock influence, where they get they get the stays fit. I'm saying Laurel beat VRC Derby, Scoot. It should have won the VRC Derby. It was held up, held up, held up, flew home. I'm, it was stiff. It's a nice horse. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't be uh, not on that horse for mine. All right, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, race nine. You're gonna have a look at here uh, as a, I'll just get the market up. I'm caught with my uh, my pants down here. Not ready, but uh, wide open market here. Wide open six dollars, six dollars a few. Yeah, five fifty. Yeah. Demon Blood uh, Rocketura is seven dollars. Halo Ground seven. Rocketura. Yeah, Rotokura seven dollars. <laughs> Hello Ground is seven fifty. Ranger Frank uh, seven fifty. Lady Simone eight fifty. The Gov Absolute Milk Drinker nine fifty. My Ruby is thirteen dollars. Roxy Blue fifteen. And you can uh, write your own ticket. Basically, the rest. The trial. You're going deep here, as this is why I love you. I oh, am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was on all over Lethal Thoughts, and they're running it in Melbourne, so I've had to adjust quickly to another more fulfilled bet. This is a horse called Hallowed Ground. Used to be trained by George Osborne. I well, did, I remember it. He retired. On the synthetic, the synthetic Went on the horse. synthetic. He won three from four on the synthetic. Was winning by five, six lengths. Running fast time, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, then Osborne retired. He gave it to Dave Jolly. Uh, trialed okay. Put tongue tie winkers on. Um, and it uh, ran four, four of four. It's uh, leading the trial. When it went to D, D- Jolly, it um, he put the winkers on and a tongue tie on. It ran fourth of four in a Saturday race, which was reasonably strong. Uh, won by a horse called Kim. Uh, he was backed off the map in that, and then second second up, he was backed off the map again. Smashed his head against the barrier when they opened, um, and trailed off last again. Uh, spelled his trial a couple of weeks ago was absolutely huge, out of this world. Um, I think here, given the two excuses, I like it second prep for a new trainer, a bit more on the system, winkers off and tongue tie off uh, after that trial. I just think this is a pack of absolute milk drinkers, 1,050 metres at uh, Morpherville, benchmark 64. Um, if it runs up to its trial, it will just win. Um, 758 bucks. Um, I've had a very good crack each way at this. Um, I thought the only other one, because I was just trying to find a danger, I, I do try and sort of two-bet strategies, and 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 Scoot will say this horse is a flea, which he's spot on, um, is the Gov. But if you watch its last start, um, it was just on the bridle. It ranged up to a horse called Shripper, who's a really good horse, I think, and um, and then just sort of paddled the last hundred. I think it it's just a 1,000-metre horse. Uh, I just thought T-Panel, Barrier 2, was just going to get suck, suck, suck. Uh, if he could keep on the bridle as long as possible, um, yeah, like he did last start, um, it could be in the money as well. 
Um, but really keen hallowed ground each way. If runs up to its dynamite trial, if you get time, go look at it. Um, it'll be winning. You might have to jump the fence there and carry it. needs 9.55. It's a bit of Alexander Beadle about it, the uh, the Gov. But Focus on hallowed ground, Scoop. Focus on hallowed ground. I do uh, I do love the angle there on hallowed ground, and you make a very compelling case, especially at 7.50 in a pretty moderate field. All right, outstanding stuff, uh, Azza. We'll let you uh, get back by the pool and en- enjoy the spoils of your uh, your ruthless dame success. Thank you, boys, and I will uh, look forward to the stream on Saturday and um, getting a good return for for our investment. I think uh, we'll have no doubt about that. And uh, gee, we might have to uh, snip the early price. This hello ground, I'm starting to get a uh, a little bit uh, revved up about that one, and maybe the price won't last by uh, by the time we get to Saturday. But uh, big thanks to Azza for dialing in, and hopefully we can get him into the stream at some stage throughout the day on Saturday. He's very entertaining customer, as you saw the night at Mooney Valley. Nico, you're up next. We've put you down the batting order here, but uh, the Andrew Ramsden is the uh, the race that we're going to have a look at, and that's race seven at uh, Flemington. And the horse here that's favourite and that you found is uh, White Marlin, two twenty five. He's a shocker, four dollars. Luna Flair, eight dollars. Vowen Declare, fifteen. El Patroness, fifteen. Hastel War, twenty one dollars. Herman Hess, twenty one. True Marvel, thirty one. Swords Drawn, thirty four. Salino, forty one. Third Realm is forty one dollars, and you can get much better. The rest. Let's have a look at the replay of. White Marlin here, and uh, that's Earlswood behind him and uh, Diagula, and you can see uh, Aberfeldy Boy in the white charging home. Yeah, this was uh, this was a, a much-anticipated race, given he was Melbourne Cup favourite before this. Um, I think he just went too slow. To 600, he's gone 9.4 lengths below, um, and he's just been run down by one with a better turn of foot. He carried 60 kilos. Uh, this was Diagula carried 53 and a half. Goes straight past him, easy to tie in the form here, given Diagula beat, he's a shocker, last uh, winter. So it's not like Diagula's a slouch, and that was definitely his sort of set up, a slow run race where he could show his turn of foot. So, um, yes, he got he did get beat at $1.22, but as soon as he got beat in that race, I just thought, well, now we're going to get a price to back him in the Ramsden. I did a bit of uh, deep diving into the Ramsden since it's been a 2,800-meter race and a, a golden ticket into the Melbourne Cup. They've had four editions all been to the 600 about 10 lengths above um that sort of speed and they've all run some huge overall figures um you look at white marlin's one run at 2800 meters at flemington which did put him into melbourne cup favoritism where he absolutely dominated to the 600 he went 10.2 lengths above and run an overall figure about 14 and a half above if he does that again here he'll just win and i think with the early predicted tempo with rebel racer in the race him pushing the the sort of speed, um, the historical pattern there of this race going fast, given how much intent there is for a lot of these horses because you can get a spot into the Melbourne Cup. Uh, everything sort of lines up to mind that they're going to go quick and the quicker they go, I think the further he'll win by. What do you think about the forgive off the uh, last up flop there, DK? No, it's, yeah, I think Nico's right. It's all in the all in the data. Jay Childs might have got it, got it wrong, which you don't get it wrong on the leaders very often, don't you? But um, it's all right. You can get it wrong in the lead up as long as you're right. There. Exactly as right. As in the lead up to the much. golden ticket, exactly right. How often do we see it? And normally the two year olds, isn't it? They all get beaten at the short odds before the grand final. So um, yeah, he I, he was just he was holding. He, he couldn't sprint any faster than that. that's him. It was just, but uh, probably misjudged it. But again, don't knock him round. He's got the grand final in a couple of weeks. Don't go out. Why go out above tempo in the in the grand final? Uh, in the lead up to the grand final. So. No, he's uh, yeah. He should he as uh, Nico all the reasons, mate. He should be taking care of them 
in that in that race with a big with a big golden ticket on the line. Yeah, I thought the only danger is probably Luna Flair. Uh, you know, we saw her what she could do at the end of last spring. Uh, she won the Bart Cummings, uh, you know, at this track, and then she ran second to Francesco Guardi in that really fast run Mooney Valley Cup. She looks like she'll lead up twenty eight hundred. She's been hitting the line strong. G Beg is hard to underrate. G Beg at the moment. Fine, He's G-Beg. just airborne, just so. consistent. It doesn't dip, does he? No, I like one of his again tonight. Like, anyway. So I thought, you know, if at eight bucks, you could probably have something on her. You, you could, you could make her. Yeah, yeah. a two bet strategy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you could make her a winner if you want to. But if you're just uh, pretty keen, like I am, White Marlin, um, you're probably taking any price to be honest. Scooty squatty numbers just for a couple of horses at big odds that can run a place because DK absolutely loves these ones. Uh, you get your pens out. Yeah, they're probably not well in at the weights, but I thought True Marvel, Salino, and Third Realm might be able to uh, fight out a, a second or third placing at big odds if you want to go deeper into those ones. Let's have a look at uh, race nine at Flemington. Market here is Airman favourite four twenty. Midtown boss five dollars. Renoso seven fifty. KGB ten dollars. Who dares sixteen? Zoo sensation seventeen. Seventeen. Rylov. And then Red Zeus is $21, and that's the horse that we're going to have a look at here. Nico, tell us why you like it. Yeah, he's in the McAvoy colours here, just uh, sort of gets chopped out of a run slightly. Uh, the horse to his outside in the Lime Seven Vales, who, as I was talking about before, ran well in the uh, the Tobin Bronze since this race. Um, I think the key to him here will be getting the blinkers on. He gets the blinkers on for the first time. He gets down the straight. He's been a horse who's shown a bit of ability throughout his career. Had some really good wins on the synthetic. Uh, this was a first up run in a pretty hot race, really. Um, you know, Renosu's in this race. He wasn't all that far in front of him there, and now he gets him with 54 and a half relative to Renosu's 61. So uh, I think he'll need a few things in his favor. I thought he was 30 to 1 last night. He's had a little bit of support. He gets the blinkers on and the tongue tie on for the first time. So I could see some improvement in stepping out to 1,200 yeah, meters. I've noticed there one camp who. You can nearly lock it in, though, improve when the blinkers go on. Okay. Yeah, no, they're very good at um, get, getting that improvement. And they've got the and the tongue tie as well. Give it the double whammy. Yes, yeah, so he's shown some talent. I thought just from the map, he'll put himself in the right spot. Um, and he's probably coming out of one of the, you know, not not a legless lead up compared to a few of these. A few of these have some iffy form. Um, Airman, he's got talent, but I don't know if I want to be getting involved at the price he is currently, given how, how long he's had off and then, you could find a few chinks in the others. You know, Renault's just got to carry 61 and get out to 1,200 metres. This horse looks like a 1,200-metre horse. His best win probably was at 1,200 metres at Mooney Valley. Um, he's probably got to step up a little bit, but I thought just with the blinkers on, soft run, lightweight, uh, right camp at the moment, they seem to be going pretty well, McAvoy. thought from an exotic point of view, you could definitely throw him in with, you know, Midtown Boss and probably Airman is the other key chances in the race, but he just represented good value, I thought, on a on a good card at Flemington, uh, we're probably keeping our cards close to the chest for the stream. But gee, there's some there's some okay bets if we want to get involved there. Hopefully, a few of the boys line up with our our thoughts and we can have a crack. But uh, yeah, there looks some some handy races at HQ there on Saturday. Mm, don't mind that one at each way. That's uh, definitely a race that looks up for grabs. And again, echo the thoughts on uh, how good the card looks there. Nico's going to be doing Mounting Yard Mail, and uh, Lady Court was a good one that you found yesterday at Sandown. And uh, I was a bit unlucky in the last when he uh, launched. Gee, sound down, just a, a mixed bag yesterday. We had two winners, and then I think every other horse we backed ran last. So we just there you <laughs> go. had the uh, the complete variance there. Just horses just not handling that track at all. It's a very, very tired track, that sound down track. So, 14 uh, metre rail. Yeah. And tired. Yeah. So we, we managed to get out not too bad, really, considering. We had a crack at a few that just did absolutely nothing. But, yeah, Lady Court was a 
was a handy result. I think there'll be some massive form reversals out uh, out of that Sandown meeting. Obviously, once a couple of those hit a dry track, uh, that's one of the handy things with your stuff, Nico. Uh, once you're subscribed to Nico's yard, you can actually go back and go back through all the results. And if there is a Melbourne horse that I like or I find, I always go back and cross references reference to see where it's at and its prep. So that's another little hidden advantage is why you should be getting uh, Nico's yard if you're a serious Vic. Victorian form analyst. I know someone uh, hit me up yesterday and wanted to know your thoughts on one of their own runners. Okay, punting form is uh, one of our major sponsors. Uh, it's the best possible next step if you're uh, looking to make the transition. Obviously, Kingsley thinks there's lots of opportunity left in the game. So if uh, you're a tape watcher and you want to start marrying that up with uh, data, make sure uh, you hit the boys up at punningform.com.au and they'll give uh, you a tutorial there also. Can't wait for the action there at Flemington on Saturday. All right, uh, Walt. Walt's uh, sick, so I'm going to have a little bit of a look at a value runner in the Scone Cup tomorrow. Mark it on screen now. You've got Banju, the favourite, coming out of the uh, Tamworth Cup, being 416 to 3A. Jojo was a man, 420. Wild Planet, 750. Bolt Mac, 850. Elise, $10. Luncey's is 11 acquitted 15 Berberdeck 16 dollars commando hunt 17 and cisco bay's been 26 into 18 that's the horse i like and i've found from its run in the uh tamworth cup and you can see it with the uh the yellow cap and yellow sleeves interesting uh robbie dolan had it from barrier 14 and you see him just there spearing to the outside here third widest horse there banjo's up in front he wins the race this horse completely snagged back, uh, much better set up at uh, 1,600 metres, got form around some really strong horses in like the Big Dance and uh, horses like Wicklow. So the rising trip to 1,600 is much better suited and he's drawn four or five this time in. So this horse, if he draws wide, they're just snagging back. He's pretty easy to read, but if he's drawn inside, he can sort of sit seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and he just needs to sort of be switched off and ridden quiet to uh, to run a big race. So he's already been 26 into 18 with top sport, but I think uh, he should be uh, sort of around the $10 mark. He can get a suck run, the big scone track. Hopefully it sort of breaks open a bit, and I think uh, Robbie Dolan knows what the assignment is, and I'm – wouldn't be surprised if they keep backing him right down to sort of 12 or uh, $13. So there's still some value there. And I was sort of kicking myself that I didn't take 31 and watched it go off 27, woke up this morning and in it is now at uh, sort of 20 or uh, $18 sort of around the place. So in a really wide open uh, scone cup, you can make a case for about, uh, I'd say, six different runners. And if uh, Banju's $3.80 favourite, this horse uh, at the weights, only carrying 54 kilos, uh, he's in pretty well and it's going to get a soft run and the horse is absolutely airborne, looks a complete setup job from uh, the Gerald Ryan and uh, Alexio Yard. So that's my thoughts on the Scone Cup. You boys uh, had a look at that one yet or too wide for you? No, just uh, a real Vic focus this weekend. <laughs> uh, tends to be when it just gets out wide there in New South Wales, it just gets too hard, I reckon, a few of those meetings. So I generally give them a bit of a, a brush and uh, – we got a Chuka on Saturday. Yes, I was just saying, I'm good. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, it was a Chuka. It's one of the one of the venues I. On, I, I was looking at the track uh, rating before, and I said a good four as well. So, miss the rain. Oh, get stuck. Get so stuck into that today. Will, will you have one for us, DK, on Saturday? Yeah, I'll find. So I'll go with Chuka Scoot. I'll um, I'll get stuck in today. Beautiful. All right. Love it. Chuka's a good joint. So uh, hopefully, I'm happy when I saw that was on. Uh, Scheduled on stream day. Outstanding. Saturday, uh, we've got uh, one of Walt's best bets. He uh, 
put this one through, so I'll read out market, but uh, definitely his tip, not mine. It's the midway, benchmark 72, just how he likes it. Rathful's a favourite here, $2.30, Miracle Spin, $5.50, Decadent Tail, $7, Left Reeling, $7.50, La Mer, $17, and My Deal, $21, much better the rest. Uh, no surprise here, he tipped on uh, the last show he did when uh, he covered Rassel's race, but he thinks it's uh, close to a good thing here on Saturday at Scone. Walt thinks this thing's far lap, doesn't he? After last one, he just absolutely loves it. Yeah, so you can see it. it's one of the widest here, and it's nearly an absolute uh, slaughter job. Jesus, testing conditions. Very testing conditions, and he finally uh, hooks it out wide and gets there in the last sort of two strides, but I think uh, Sam Kavanagh gave uh, Dylan Gibbons an absolute mouthful. Here it is. It would have been something licked. He held it up for quite some time, had a lot under the bonnet, and uh, the big uh, roomy track at Scone, you would think that uh, he'd be something uh, beat. But uh, Walt's sort of sitting at hoping it sits uh, fifth or sixth in running and uh, doesn't have to get dragged back to last. So he thinks you should definitely uh, follow up on that horse. And uh, despite Barrier 13, hopefully uh, Dylan can put it into the race a little bit early. But uh, Apparently, there was a, a major blow-up at uh, Rose Hill post-race despite winning the race. So it just goes to show uh, we're not the only ones that sort of have a bit of a crack at the jockeys. Sometimes uh, you've got a different opinion, but uh, good thing for uh, Dylan. He got it home that day, especially for uh, all the punters and the followers of the show. So Johnny's under the weather, but um, he hasn't stopped and just does not stop. He's an absolute freak. So make sure you check out racingwatch.com.au for more of his stuff and you can uh, get into his uh, Telegram or Discord channels if you want more of his mail on a regular basis. So he'll be uh, covering all the scone meeting tomorrow and on Saturday if you're betting that way. It's time for Donnie's best bit lean last week, but uh, group one Saturday this week. Let's see what he's got. Hey gents, pump for the weekend, the Wolf Den and Little Birdie taking on Top Sport. Can't wait to get around it. Some money, Tristan and the team. It's a pretty tough card at Doom on Saturday. Scone looks nice and juicy. I'll start with a good thing on Friday at Scone on Scone Cup Day. He comes up in race two as a yucker. Um, it's only had one race start after trolling like an absolute bomb. Had barrier one, was slow out, got hunted up, went too fast early. Got uh, lost narrowly late by a fitter horse and a stronger horse. 1,000 metres again, Soups. Timmy Clark, Soups on a leader. And he's not too worried about his ride on Colourpool the next day at Dermot. He should get the money. He should roll across from the outside gate. Put uh, up his sleeve. And there doesn't have many closes in this race. So having to back um, as a yucko at around $2.40. Um, next best, Dermot, race nine. So I fear it's in the last $21. I think it's a good roughy. It's changed stables from Snowden to Walla. I always like when they change stables. First up, last prep. was very good in a Melbourne Group 3 race. I kind of went off the boil. That's why we're getting the price. K-Max on from a soft jaw. I think $21. If there's money late, I think it might be a nice each-way play. Don't go rushing in just yet. So my best bet is definitely on Friday to race two as a yucker. Good luck. Mm, Walt's uh, found that one as well. He uh, pushed it through and I said, no, nah, Donnie's already uh, tipped that one. So race two on Friday uh, as a Yarka. So it's also from the Gerald and Sterling yard and uh, Tim Clark's got the ride there. So I think it's 2.25 into 2.15 at Top Sport already. So Scone race two, number one. And I don't mind his roughy either here. Uh, and I can remember the uh, the runs in Melbourne, this horse, and interesting, the stable change. And K-Mac takes the ride, so... Interesting booking there as well, but uh, Durban race nine, number 17, uh, Cy Thera. So I think there's a couple of roughies in that last race at Durban. So we might have a uh, two or three bet strategy there, depending on what the Wolf, Wolf Den um, 
team come up with, but uh, might be a grandstand finish. So hopefully we've got plenty of bullets there and we can uh, launch in a couple of roughies late because I've got a, uh, a semi-horn about one if the track is playing fairly there. So I'm pretty excited about that. And top spot steamers this week, uh, there's two bets. Doom and race eight, number eight, Giga Kick, 3,000 at 190. That's probably DK's. Class horse. Huh? Probably the only show where you, you wouldn't get a, a group one previewed, but uh, there is the Doom and 10,000 on there on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's into much shorter now. I think he's about a dollar sixty now. So, yeah, he should be winning realistically. Mm, only the track or maybe Valana will, uh, if he gets held up or it can be a little yeah, bit bad tricky. Luck. Bad luck will probably be. She's not 85. I thought he was shorter than that. The, gr- the other group one that we did preview, Nico, is the other bet, Morfordville Race 7, number 9, Promise Skep. This could be Az's bet, 1000 at uh, $7.50 here. So, obviously, the uh, the boys on the show are keen that one. But um, mm, I thought the Doom of 10000 was pretty straightforward. So, I opted to leave it off the show. But uh, we've covered them off anyway in the uh, the top sports demons. But um, interesting show. Interesting to uh, hear Kingsley. And it's good to have Kingsley on the show. He's, there's no, I guess, uh, well, he's one of the biggest punters in Australia. I've, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, he's a bit bet fair. bit elusive there for a while. I, I, you'd always hear about Kingsley and have no idea who he was, and then all of a sudden the Den's the coming board. Around. We get, get to see plenty of him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's good for the game. They're yeah, doing job. speaks well and a um, bit of calm demeanour. And, yeah, not too flustered by a lot of things, isn't he? You can see he's, uh, well, he's, he's got all this, the tools to be a good punter. Very cool, calm and collected, something uh, we can definitely learn from there. All right, if let's uh, wrap the show up here now, but um, make sure you buy a share in the stream if you're keen to uh, sit back and watch the races on Saturday. If you go into the track, you can get the Little Birdie app so you can follow all the action. So just make sure you register at littlebirdie.tv and then download the app and then uh, importantly deposit into Top Sport if you want to become a financial member of the stream. Fingers crossed. I don't think I can line up a, uh, a better uh, ensemble of talent than uh, what we've got on Saturday. And the best part is we're not going head-to-head. And uh, the good thing is you're going to get uh, everyone's insights and we're all going to push in one direction. Punt's pretty hard at the moment. So uh, hopefully we can get you guys a good result. And uh, I think that, the, um, that's a wrap for me. The big thing will just be if we line up. We've just got to line up on a few races. Go and have too many of the boys just having differing opinions. But I think with a lot of the horses that are hard in the market on Saturday, you know, the – looking at the way sort of Kingsley and a few of the others operate, they're big data men, so hopefully we do uh, sort of line up on a bit of the data there. I know As likes a couple of shorties in, in Flemington, so could be hold on to your hats a couple of those favourites, Nico. I think you know what your trends were talking and hopefully uh, we can uh, couple a couple of them up together and uh, get get winning early. I think that's the key to it too, DK. You just need to get off to a good start and, and get our tail up and uh, catch us if you can. Yeah, that's the key we've found in the past, haven't we? So we'll pile into your uh, best bet early in a chuka and uh, we'll that's hop it. into the cupboard from there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Duck, dodge and weave from then on. All right, that's uh, a wrap from us. Big thanks to all our sponsors, Top Sport, Punning Form, the Comics Lounge and uh, everyone that contributes to the show. And a big thanks to uh, the Wolfdown boys for uh, going out of their way to help us on the stream on Saturday. And fingers crossed we can get a great result for everyone. And uh, we'll see you uh, on Saturday. Yeah.